Hello, cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John. On today's podcast, we have returning guest Khalid, as well as Mike, CD Trader, M, or should I say Agent M, Jake Jabrelli, and Whiskers. On this podcast, we're generally talking about Braveland and what it's been up to, uh, Stebits, the Stebits wallet with Khalid, and the Raven NFT auction. So if you have any questions or if you're interested in the Ravencoin NFT auction, this is definitely an episode you should check out. With that said, stack, sats, and hodl. Adios. Cryptonauts, welcome back to another episode. I am very happy to bring Khalid with us on the podcast. He's a returning guest on the podcast, which is awesome. He's going to give us a fresh update on what's going on with the uh, Ravencoin NFT auction. We also have Mike, CD Trader, M, should I say Agent M, Jake Jabarelli, and Whiskers on standby with hopefully a group of questions to ask Khalid in regards to uh, Braveland the Ravencoin auction or his wallet. Stebitz, 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 correct? That's correct, yes. Awesome, Stibitz. got it right for the first time. Yeah. Awesome. So let's go ahead and switch this over here now that everyone can see we are going live. All right, Khalid. So first and foremost, how you been doing? I've been fantastic. Thank I'm you sure for you're having a busy man. Trying, trying, trying to keep up. That's awesome. Great. Well, welcome back. So we're going to go ahead and get started with talking about Braveland. That's the first and foremost topic. What has, uh, well, first of all, what is your affiliation with Braveland? That's a very good question. So let's kind of touch base and go maybe a few months back to kind of see how this whole story unfolded because the brainchild behind Braveland is Blockchain Tiger. Most of you have heard of him, uh, Joshua. He started Braveland um, when he saw that before COVID started, um, there was a company, a real estate um, called EXP, I believe it's called. They were using Braveland or they were using Verbella, which makes Braveland, which makes virtual worlds. So actually, let me kind of step even a little bit further back. So the company Verbella, they make a virtual world and what you can do as a user contact them and say, hey, I'd like to make my own virtual world for this genre genre, or this reality or this um, kind of um, imagination you may have. So one company that was using it was called EXP. It's a real estate company. They have about, from what I know, 50,000 agents working in the virtual space since 2008. So Blockchain Tiger, based on his story to me and me reading up more about it, he noticed that this trend was growing, growing, and growing. And if 50,000 agents can use a platform like Verbella to communicate, to come together, he saw an opening, an opportunity for Ravencoin. And the the word, in I believe in Chinese, crisis also means opportunity, right? So when there was a crisis, which is COVID, he saw opportunity, so, which is Tiger. Braveland, which is Verbella, which kind of uh, his idea kind of came about from that. So he reached out to um, Verbella and said, you know, I have this vision of bringing the Ravencoin community together because the meetups have kind of stalled, right? I'm sure uh, you guys know about the Ravencoin meetups. It was canceled a few times. Um, so, and then, and then Blockchain Tiger um, donated Braveland to Ravencoin Campus, the foundation. Uh, that's how it all kind of started. Um, and the word and the reason why he chose Brave Land, uh, according to his uh, article I read, was Brave. Uh, he feels that it takes a lot of courage to do something like this, Brave Heart. So that's why he used the name Brave Land after launching it. But after he launched it, he renamed it uh, to Ravencoin Campus. Um, that's what. That's why you'll see two names being used interchangeably, Braveland or Ravencoin Campus, is because uh, Blockchain Tiger started it as Braveland, and then he donated to Ravencoin Campus, Ravencoin, and Ravencoin, uh, 
people started calling Ravencoin Campus um, to kind of give it more affiliation with what what's it being used for. And that's how it kind of uh, got its name. Awesome. And um, it's run by volunteers. Um, it's people are opening up stalls, booths, um, and that's where we are at at the moment. Awesome. So for the listeners and viewers out there, I've actually had the opportunity to interview uh, Blockchain Tiger a few weeks ago, and that man is an interesting man. He's very, very humble and very, very dedicated to the Ravencoin blockchain community. He is 100% in with Ravencoin. If you ever get a chance and you're in Braveland, which I highly recommend you download and check out, um, hang out. You'll probably find Blockchain Tiger uh, <laughs> walking around. If you have an opportunity, talk to that guy, man. If, if you want to understand why he does what he does, it's amazing. It's just his story is amazing. So with that said, uh, we're going to go ahead and continue on with Khalid and talk about um, actually uh, any of you guys, Mike, CD, M, Jake, Whiskers, any of you guys have any questions in regards to Braveland? Can anybody just open up a booth if they want to? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, that's a very good question. So to kind of uh, just kind of touch base on John's point there on um, on Blockchain Tiger. Yes, he's very, very passionate about Ravencoin. Uh, I had a, the honor to meet him in person. We went to lunch. We had, um, you know, we hung out. We went to walking. I mean, we did. We, we talked a lot. Amazing, amazing personality, amazing uh, figure. I think he'll be remembered uh, for all the things he's been doing for Ravencoin, for the community. Uh, donating a campus like this is not very easy to having the vision uh, to see that eventually 50,000 people will start using this. Uh, that's how I think he's looking at it because EXP has 50,000 agents using it. So he sees the Ravencoin community growing exponentially. Uh, and so far, it's been happening. Uh, every time I log into Braveland, I see somebody else on there that I've never seen before. Um, everything is kind of moving in that direction. Uh, so it's a great place to meet coordinate, coordinate, collaborate. Um, and now to your question about the expo hall, that's a really good question. As you guys know, the expo hall is almost like CES. Uh, when I first saw the expo hall, it reminded me of CES because I've been there a couple times already. I had, I had a booth set up there. So with expo hall, people that want to uh, collaborate or contribute to Ravencoin projects, such as, um, there's many different projects uh, out there. You go and, uh, get a booth. Uh, you just email uh, one of the volunteers, one of the admins, uh, say, hey, I want this specific booth. Uh, here's my project idea. And they're very, very welcoming uh, for uh, for people to set up their booths. I have my booth there, which is called the Stibitz booth. Uh, I've seen Mango Acid booth there. I've seen RVN NFT booth there. Uh, I mean, there's many, many booths there. Each time I go, there's a new booth set up. So, yes, you have the option. Um, just email one of the admins or let me know, and I could help on your behalf, reach out to them to get your booth set up. All right. Cool. Any, anyone else have a question? All right. So let's, let's talk about your wallet. Um, you know, uh, there was, I forgot who it was, but somebody was recently using, uh, using your wallet and they didn't really have a good experience because their coins are, were stuck in, in a transaction. Is there any way, to get that resolved, is there any contact? Is anyone able to contact you in regards to the wallet or anybody from the team that creates the wallet? It, I'm speaking on behalf of the user that just had a bad experience with the wallet itself. And I believe he did actually reach out to you. But just for everyone else that's listening and watching, is there anything that they can do to resolve that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we have a live chat within the wallet. Uh, they can reach out to us. We also have a phone number to reach out to us. Uh, who's this user um, that had this issue? Because I we haven't heard from uh, from this specific person. Uh, and do you know what the issue? I don't recall at the moment. This was uh, I think a week or two ago when I spoke to the person. It was actually the same day when you were on the podcast. Later on that afternoon, um, I was talking about talking about the, talking about you and and the wallet. And coincidentally, somebody chimed in saying, "Hey, they uh, they were trying to transfer. The father was trying to transfer." Um, I think a, a hundred Raven coin to his daughter's wallet, and which is awesome. Oh, Michael, Michael, oh, Michael, right? Yeah, I speak. I've been speaking yeah. with him. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, what happened with his was he was trying to transfer from the Ravencoin uh, wallet to the Stibitz wallet. And he was using an iPod Touch and an iPad. Yes. I've, been, I've been in communication with him. I got to follow up with him because uh, I didn't hear from his last message. I was thinking he got it resolved. But I'll reach out to him to see uh, if he got anything else from me. Because I know he was using an iPod Touch um, from the last thing I heard from him. Yeah. Uh, and I have a message with him. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, reach out to him because I didn't hear back from him from his last message. But we do have live chat built into the wallet. Uh, we also have a phone number where people can reach out to us. Remember, keep in mind that... Um, for the wallet, uh, once you, um, it requires some confirmation. So there's a sync button in case uh, you don't see the transfer occur yet. Uh, you press your profile picture and then you press uh, blockchain sync. Uh, typically 15, 20 minutes uh, or up to an hour. It can take uh, sometimes a little bit longer uh, to sync the, the blockchain uh, to see your funds on there. Now, in regards to the wallet, is it is it one of those wallets that is a uh, uh, custodial or non-custodial wallets? Non-custodial, non-custodial. Non yeah. So as long as you write twelve words down, uh, you know you can, you can, uh, you can use it uh, elsewhere. You can transfer. Like for example, for me, I have um, since we don't have a desktop version, uh, we only have a iPhone version as of now. I have I have my twelve words both on my phone, and uh, and my desktop too. Uh, so I can I can uh, see my funds in two different places. Okay, I got a question. It, I, I... In regards to you being a, a wallet creator or, or, you know, being part of the company, because it's a company, it's a legitimate company, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. So with that said, that means you actually had to get licensed. You got to get permitted. You need to, you had to get um, uh, basically certified to be, to be a business. So how much responsibility are you taking uh, with this wallet and and the customers that are using your wallet? Like, is there well, insurance? Is there insurance well, available? Well, as you know, uh, well, as you know uh, with non-custodial wallets, um, the user also has a great responsibility. Uh, we, we also try to add additional features to help them. Uh, you know, uh, your keys, right? So it's their keys. Uh, so they have to remain vigilant about that, not to lose it. Mm -hmm. uh, some users, in the beginning, we noticed they would never write down their 12 words, um, even though we have many pop-ups in the app letting them know to write it down uh, so what we did was we had it we added a iCloud backup keychain in case they forgot to write their 12 words in case they lost their phone um, so in case they do lose it they can back up their keys from the iCloud so the user also has a responsibility uh, like any non-custodial wallet uh, to back up their keys uh, to write it down but in the instant they do not wish to write it down we have the optional feature which they can back it up to iCloud. So um, non-custodial wallets it gives you that uh, that flexibility uh, or that which is actually a greater responsibility than custodial wallets. Uh, so we just we just encourage our users to um, back up their keys in case they lose their phone. Now you are saying iCloud for a reason, right? iCloud, yeah, iCloud, yeah, we, we yeah, iCloud. Um, so. You can write down your 12 words on a piece of paper, take a screenshot, which we don't recommend because screenshots can be uploaded to the cloud and then somebody can see your 12 words. Mm -hmm. um, but if they wish not to write down the 12 words, uh, they can back it up to iCloud, just like a password. Yes. Uh, but it's, yeah, it just saves the 12 words on your iCloud. And uh, from a lot of people that I speak with, they trust Apple's uh, iCloud security. Uh, so. Uh, so we we given that option to do that. So right now, what percentage of? Go ahead, sorry, Mike. Yeah, what percentage of users would you say take advantage of the iCloud? Um, I would say um, I would say about twenty five percent, twenty percent. Most people, when they use non custodial wallets, they don't wish to have it backed up anywhere. They wish to write it down themselves. Um, but newbies, new users, uh, even actually advanced users are starting to do that as well. Just save it to iCloud. Um, again, it's a new feature, uh, so it's it's something that we recently added. Okay. And are there any plans on doing something similar with Android? Yeah, yeah. We're going to be having an Android version of the wallet as well uh, pretty soon. But as far as the cloud backup is? Uh, Android, uh, there's, I have to talk to my uh, team members about that to see how well, how secure Android backup is. Um, cause I know iCloud is 
from last time we had a discussion about that, the the iCloud was more secure uh, than the uh, than what we saw with the with the Android version. But uh, right now, I have to uh, I have to check with my team regarding the Android backup. Okay. Sorry about that. All right, uh, Whiskers, you had a question. Oh uh, yeah, actually, Mike kind of asked it. Um, I saw a video a couple of weeks ago about I think a guy in Texas that was selling donuts. Um, you can pay for with Raven, you know, pay for with Raven through the app. And so I thought, great, I want to get some donuts. Uh, then I found out it was for iPhone only. So, slide like a, within the year, Android. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we, we want to get an Android out um, by end of the year. Um, so yeah, that video I posted uh, is a Clover POS. A Clover POS is probably the most popular POS in the United States right now. Uh, I'm sure you guys seen it at your local restaurant, your local retail stores. Uh, you, you started with restaurants, now some retail establishments have it too. So it has an app market just like the iPhone. Uh, so you press app market or more tools, and then you download the app on there. Um, and by the way, the uh, Clover is Android based. Uh, so we have the uh, integration within there. We have the integration. Uh, give me one second while I mute this one here. Uh, we have the integration within the Clover. So the way it works is uh, you can make a request from the Clover device uh, to the Stibitz app, uh, saying, uh, "Here's my invoice. I purchased uh, you. Owe, here's the items you purchased, and here's how much it costs in Ravencoin. And then you can request a uh, uh, funds for that in Ravencoin, and then converts that to dollars, uh, local currency for you." Now on that app, are you able to issue gift cards, Ravencoin assets? No, it just it just money. It just just Ravencoin. No, no gift cards. Are there any plans for that in the future? Yeah, we we've been actually talking about that, but as of right now, we just uh, funds. Uh, that Ravencoin gift cards is something we're looking into uh, to make that possibility as well, because it worked. It'd be the it'd be a great uh, way of doing, it, especially on the POS, because gift cards and POS they're like you know very very popular mm. it would be nice to uh, gift people donuts in the future just give them some donut gift cards that they can redeem yes yes exactly yeah uh i was speaking with h-town donuts uh he and him were talking about uh, some of those things uh, possibilities so uh that way they could assign whatever amount uh to the gift cards and all that so yeah that's something we're looking at as well but we don't have cool. no timeline for that yeah have you guys? Uh, do you guys have iPhones here in the in the audience, or do you guys? Um... Android. 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 Okay. Android. Android. Okay. Android. Nope. Android. Yeah, Android. Yeah, Android uh, especially in uh, South Korea, uh, Android is very popular there as well. So we're, we'll we'll get to Android very soon. All right, Khalid. Uh, my next question is, what is being worked on for the future of the wallet itself? What's the newest features that's going to be being rolled out? Are you able to talk about that or not yet? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the latest feature that we're working on is adding the ability to buy Ravencoin. Um, I did a purchase uh, over the weekend. I bought um, Ravencoin using Apple Pay. So we're going to uh, have the option for users to buy Ravencoin, Bitcoin as well, uh, using uh, credit card, debit card, Apple Pay, and then soon bank account. How would you guys um, pair the value of Ravencoin to USD at any given time? And what would the commission be on that or the fee? We use uh, a company called uh, Simplex. Um, uh, we integrate with them. And when you say commission, you mean how much is the fee? We don't charge yeah. any fees. Uh, as you know, there's credit card fees, which the user, um, as of right now, we're not charging any fees. Uh, we don't plan to for 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 the foreseeable future, but but as in my first podcast, I was talking to John uh, explaining how credit card transactions work. We call interchange, where uh, if you have a Visa credit card or Mastercard or travel card, credit card companies charge two, three, four percent, which is noticeable when you buy anything with Stripe. They charge two point seven five percent or three point five percent, depending on the type of transaction. So these fees are uh, what the user pays, but it's not coming from us, though. It's just how, how credit card processing works. Oh, cool. All right. Any other questions in regards to the wallet? Yeah. Is it open, if open somebody... source? No, it's not open source, no. 
but you are reason. able to take 12 words into any other raven wallet should yes, you want yes, right yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Uh, you can take it to uh, uh, any other wallet. Yeah. So if you have the Raven, if you have the desktop wallet by Raven, uh, Raven Coin, you can use it simultaneously on both sides. But as you know, the desktop version you have to uh, takes about twenty four hours to sync. Once it syncs, uh, then you'll have your funds there, and you'll have your funds on your phone as well. Cool. The, so, so here's how the Stibitz app works. Uh, those of you that have not used it yet, it basically uh, you can send funds to users using their name, email, and phone number. So it replaces the public key. So you don't have to ask for that. You just, I just send it to you. Like John uh, had emailed me saying, ask me for my Ravencoin address. Uh, so he can send me some tokens. With Stibitz, I wouldn't uh, be asking him that question. I would just look up his name uh, or his username that he gives me and I can send him funds or assets. Uh, that's just the idea. Most people that try the app the first time, uh, the way they tell me is the way they look at it go oh this looks like venmo of blockchain so that's how that's what comes to their minds when they first start using it uh so we try to make the user much much easier cool and do you guys have anything in the works about being able to send to raven asset names yeah of course yeah it has an asset feature built into it you can create assets you can create sub assets you can create unique assets um yeah, whenever, if you guys uh, ever get a chance, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be holding weekly NFT workshops every Monday at 4 oh, p.m. Pacific time. That's the schedule for now. Um, well, what I do usually when, in the workshops, I uh, we usually pass around assets to each other uh, using the Stibitz app. Or if people don't have it, we'll just send it to their address uh, so they can see how it kind of goes in a circle. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we have asset feature built into it. That's pretty cool. Uh, M, I think you had a question. Yeah, um, when you have it set up for purchasing Raven, I think you said via credit card, is that uh, is that going to require uh, KYC or account set up or anything like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So we we partner okay. with Plex. Uh, Simplex does the KYC. Uh, I, I asked them uh, how long does your KYC take. Um, they say it takes about twenty minutes. So once you uh, they do the KYC. Uh, about 20 minutes later, you could purchase, um, uh, you know, a Ravencoin, Bitcoin. But if if somehow uh, the the machine, the algorithm cannot read your uh, information, then it goes through a manual process, which takes up to 24 hours. But in most cases, they say it's 90, I think it's a high percentage, they can get it ready in 20 minutes or approve you in 20 okay. minutes. Okay, thanks. Yeah. All right. Actually, um... I just remembered I can actually log in here, right? And type that here. Uh, Stibitz wallet. So there it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so as you can see, uh, there's, um, thanks for pointing that up. Those those people, those of you that are watching, listening on the podcast, uh, what John just pulled up is the website name. Um, so it kind of shows you uh, what, what the uh, UI looks like, the user interface. Uh, so instead of having, um, you can send funds directly to the person, uh, just type their name, email, or phone number, and you can write a little message to them. You can say, thank you for um, dinner, and thank you for lunch, here's some Bitcoin, here's some Ravencoin. Um, you can send it in Raven, or you can send it in your local currency, which will convert it to Ravencoin. Um, so it gives you that option, and then it stores all your funds. And it's non-custodial, um, so you can, uh, you know, use different wallets, uh, transfer it out, and um, so, yeah. So, in regards to the wallet, is is it a full mirror, is it a full download of the QT wallet, or is it just a mirror, a light, a light wallet? Yeah, that one is more technical. I would have my co-founder speak to you more about that. Maybe uh, he can come on the podcast. Uh, he knows more about the back end, everything uh, that was designed. Well, how long does uh, it take to download the wallet? Uh, if you download the wallet, uh, you can get you can get your username profile within maybe 30, 30 seconds. Okay, so seconds. it's probably just the uh, mirror then. Yeah, and then to sync with the blockchain, uh, 15 minutes to about two hours. Um, oh, wow, okay. And then you can have... Yeah, the sync feature is, uh, but that's something that we want to eventually uh, solve. No syncing at all, because that's a pain point, like how Michael experienced. Uh, he probably didn't sync it. Um, 
so once the syncing is 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 something that we want to move away from, uh, have it become instant. So what we are experiencing here with blockchain technology is like the early '90s of the internet. Uh, it, from here, just things will get better, faster, easier, and that's our goal. Is that's why one of our mission statements is to make blockchain transfers easier, simpler, more accessible. And that's what our goal is. So every few months, every two weeks, uh, we're trying to move towards that goal. It's it's uh, it's 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 a uh, it's um, very challenging, but it's very re rewarding uh, to 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 do these things. Uh, it's uh, that's why you don't see many um, wallets out there, non-custodial, uh, to do it the way we've been doing it, with with identity, a human identifier. Uh, so we're trying something new that hasn't really been done yet. Awesome. I see. I see you're out of California. Yeah, we're in California. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, I'm. I'm out of California as well. Maybe we should get uh, together one of these days once we have uh, maybe yeah. like a C3 Media uh, convention in the works. Right. Let's just, yeah. Let's get that going. Well, there you yeah, go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For the for the viewers that are watching the live stream right now, if you have a question for Khalid in regards to the wallet or in regards to Braveland or in regards to um, NFTs, go ahead and leave the question and I'll go ahead and relay, relay that over to him. For those of you that are listening, this is gonna be posted after the fact. Um, you can always uh, touch base with Khalid. How, actually, how can people get, get in touch with you if they have questions? Uh, you can uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, you can, you can uh, reach out to us using the wallet itself. Just press uh, settings, help. We have a live chat bot, um, which, which uh, you can, uh, you're speaking with the chat representative, you can uh, ask for me, they can forward you my information. Uh, you can also go on the contact page, which you see here, a phone number, uh, you can call us. Uh, there's an email there as well. Or I can, you can also uh, find my email, um, which I can send to you and you can post it somewhere if you wish. Uh, so there's many ways to get a hold of me. I'm pretty accessible. I try to respond to people. Uh, I, love, I love helping people, um, trying to you know, if there's any issues they have or questions, I'd like to uh, reach out or get back to them. So uh, lately, I've been getting a lot of messages on Twitter, and I try to respond to most of them. Because uh, when the NFT auction started, we had a lot of feedback, good feedback from people wanting to uh, auction their designs, their artwork, their creation on the on the uh, weekly weekly um, auctions. And uh, and as you know, I, I always listen to feedback. Uh, we had our NFT auction last week on a Thursday. Uh, based on some feedback from we got from some users, um, but now after we did the Thursday, we realized Thursday wasn't ideal, so we switched it back to Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So those listeners that are listening right now, we will have our live auctions every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, unless otherwise noted that it's been changed. But right now that's the schedule. Uh, we have it already booked uh, on the campus for the next you know, foreseeable future, uh, 5 p.m. every Friday. And then we have our licensed auctioneer, uh, Troy, who will be uh, attending as well uh, to auction these uh, NFTs off. Troy is like the hero of the NFT auction, man. He is awesome. Everybody loves Troy, man. Nothing but a spitty, bitty, 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 bitty. <laughs> so, Khalid, in regards to the NFT auction, yeah. obviously you've had, uh, you, you, you've, you've experimented with it. And I think you found your solution for Fridays. And I think a lot of people are very are going to be very happy about that from here for the foreseeable future with Fridays. It, it, it worked out. And as a matter of fact, this is so new for the listeners and viewers out there. This is so new that we're not even a full month in doing this NFT auction. The first auction that uh, that, that has occurred in Braveland was on uh, the 2nd, the 2nd of February of, of, of April this month, right? Yeah, I believe it was the uh, it was three uh, yeah three weeks ago. Yeah, yep. let me double check the calendar. But yeah, you're right. That sounds about right. Yeah, so that was amazing. It was crazy amazing just to see so many people out there just show so much support. Now, in regards to and and I, I want to continue on talking about the NFT auction, but there's a lot of people that uh, are are messaging me and just talking about it in general. Is that there's not enough uh, marketing. In regards to the auction itself, I understand it's new, but what's your what's your response to that in regards to media? Like people want to know what time, what day, and I know there was some confusion from last week because you had it on Thursday, and 
so but now it's gonna be on Friday so there should be no more confusions from uh, from here on forward uh, but what do you tell people that just still don't know about it uh, how do you how are you planning on spreading the word of the uh, Ravencoin NFT auction because the people that want to sell their 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 piece of NFT even if they have physicals with it I'm sure they want more people in attendance because that's just gonna bring more value more liquidity to the auction itself right so what are you doing or what is a team doing because you actually have a good team with the auction what is the team doing to, oh, yeah. to spread uh, this 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 auction that's a very good question um, so some of the things we're doing is uh, like as you can see here we're on your podcast right trying to spread the word uh, for people to come to this auction to know more about what we're trying to offer them offer the uh, artists uh, and also uh, social media outreach. We also encourage users to, um, you know, share, uh, retweet, share their, share with their fans, with their followers that they're, they're on the auction. Uh, again, it's, it's something new. Uh, it kind of took everybody by surprise because it wasn't really planned out to work this way. Originally, the idea with Ravencoin Campus was to have art all over the walls where people will show up, click on it, place their bid, and it's, it has a timer for seven days or five days, and then uh, people would bid on it. But the idea of a live auction happened during a moment where people crowded around a Mona Lisa art that we created. And what I noticed from that was people would, were not leaving. They were just standing there, and I'm sure you were there as well. And that's how this auction kind of started. So now that we're kind of having a rhythm going, I believe over time there'll be more and more users coming to this auction. Uh, it's just a matter of time where uh, somebody, you know, with uh, with a lot of followers, just recognizes it or retweets it. Uh, we've been mentioned in CryptoArticles.com. Uh, we've been uh, been retweeted by many uh, many people. So the word is getting out. It's just not as fast or as big as I wish it would be, but it's word is spreading though. Um, it just, it just that, you know, if we all do our part, uh, you know, tell our friends, tell, tell people, we know, I think, uh, each, each attendance will get more and more valuable. So what I've been working on right now is trying to collaborate with some artists that have a marketplace or you selling their NFTs on OpenSea or other platforms. So that way I can also tell them about minting it on Ravencoin. And, uh, I, I've been able to, um, collaborate with a few artists which is coming on board for the next few weeks auction uh, to offer their nfts on ravencoin in the live auction uh, so i think these artists that have some a lot of followers will be able to will be able to kind of uh demonstrate that the live auction concept is it's a brilliant idea and then we'll see other people trying to bring their bring their now nfts seven. on board Sorry about that. I'm not sure why it started. Okay. All right. Uh, I was just showing some video there. So that is the uh, first Raven auction. It was, as you can tell, there's so many people in there. It, it was packed. It was amazing. Now, That's what I was going to wonder there's like a, a hundred people there if there's a thousand people there what's the plan for capacity expansion yeah yeah uh Brabella is very accommodating they're willing to work with us i asked them what's the capacity in there uh they told me that one time they had like people like shoulder to shoulder and people were still able to fit uh they they couldn't give me the exact number how many people is it was in there but but we still have some ways to go we could probably uh, what we have right now we probably can like maybe you know 4x that or 5x that um but eventually we'll, we'll come to a point if we do get pretty big uh i'll i'll ask for verbella if they can make us a custom room or a custom place world uh for a bit for more people to attend uh but the biggest uh hall we found was the concert hall so right now so if we do get there uh i'm, I'm pretty sure that verbella will is willing to accommodate us to make a bigger venue for us seems like uh Having a silent auction might also be a good idea. I mean, you can, of course, still have the live auction, but have a silent auction that goes for maybe like two or three days, and that gives people in different time zones plenty of time to 
um, go in and participate um, as well as it gives a little bit more time for things to be noticed and for attention to get out there for particular items. Yeah, we do have that as well. Uh, simultaneously, we're working on a um, on a uh, silent auction too, which you can uh, which uh, you can um, add your NFT and then people pr place the press the bid button. Uh, this is something Tron's also working on. Uh, we're trying to make it more automated, so whoever is the highest bidder, uh, the NFT automatically transfers to them, um, and you know it, it's done it's done without anybody uh, being involved. So the artist or the uh, auction house or the person helping the artist can put up their NFT in a museum kind of style or the expo hall or someplace in the Ravencoin campus. And they'll have a button there. It'll say highest bidder, John. And then if you outbid John uh, and then nobody else outbids you, uh, you, you the Ravencoin is uh, collected, the NFT is sent to your account. Um, so these are some things that we're trying to see, we're trying to, we're trying to make progress with, trying to make it work. Any estimates on when the silent auction might be running? Well, I mean, if you go to the expo hall, uh, I'm not sure if anybody removed it there, but there is a demo version there for you, for people to check it out. Uh, with the Zamona Lisa, it says, place your bid. It's also, there's also one in the, um, I believe it's in another room too. Um, yeah, actually the expo hall has it. After this, after we send, after we end this, uh, after the podcast is over, feel free to go to the podcast. I mean, sorry, go to the expo hall and you'll see a, a demo version that we're working on. Uh, we, each time we make updates, uh, you can you can see the latest progress there. All right. So, uh, Khalid, there is some people out there that feel that they can do a better auction and feel that they want to do it themselves. Um, is there any any requirements for them to do, do it themselves, or are they free to come in here and just do their own auction, or are they restricted from that? Well, as you know, Ravencoin Campus is an open platform uh, run by volunteers. Expo Hall is one example where you can set up your booth. Just like there's several wallets on there, it can be several uh, companies doing the same thing. Uh, so it's it's pretty much a, a platform for people to come together, come up with ideas. And the idea we had was this auction. And if somebody else wants to do, whether it's a silent auction or a live auction, uh, we don't see anything stopping them. Awesome. Awesome. Love that. Okay, now the next question that was asked uh, from a user was that, and and for the for, for the moment it's a rumor because I don't know how true this is. I'm gonna ask you directly that uh, that that the team the uh, auction team takes thirty percent off of every single uh, auction. Well, that's not really true uh, because what we do is we donate uh, like the last auction we had. Um, for example, the Mona Lisa, we took 0%, right? We donated to the Ravencoin Foundation. Um, so we, we do a mixture of different things. So like the Ravencoin trading cards, the last auction, all of them went straight to the Ravencoin Foundation. Um, and most of the funds actually go to the artists themselves. And then some of it goes to the uh, Ravencoin Foundation. And then we get a small percentage of that to continue running the Ravencoin, I mean, to, run, to continue running the auction house. So does, I'm not sure exactly what it comes out to, but it definitely does not come out to 30% because um, some of the uh, items or NFTs we give out 100% to uh, the Ravencoin Foundation. Um, but but some, some NFTs, uh, you know, just for us to kind of keep this going, growing, market it. Uh, as you know, running this, uh, it may seem outwardly simple, but it's very complex because we have to uh, have a team in place. Uh, believe it or not, it takes a whole week to prepare for that. So we prepare on uh, starting on Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday is the big day. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, anybody listening that thinks it's pretty easy to, to set up these auctions, uh, it's actually very, very challenging. Um, that's why we moved it to Thursday. Uh, one of the reasons was because of feedback. People wanted to get their NFTs right away. And then on Saturday, everybody's like not there no more, so we can't give them the NFT <laughs> or we can't get a hold of them. Uh, so we figured based on some feedback and uh, Friday being a day people uh, usually, uh, you know, are maybe hanging out or going out places. Let's try Thursday. So when Friday comes around, we can distribute the NFTs, collect the funds, give it to the Ravencoin Foundation, give it to the artists, do everything on a Friday. Because on Saturday, we learned that it was harder to get hold of people. Um, but now we're trying to make it, we're trying to accomplish everything within that Friday evening. 
So by the time Saturday rolls out, the artist has their um, funds. The Ravencoin Foundation has their funds. Um, the winner gets their NFT. Um, so that's why I made that video uh, requesting users on their profile within Ravencoin Campus to, to add the Ravencoin address, right? Uh, that way we can send them their NFT or their when they win. So if you guys uh, if you guys uh, go to your profile, you press the right arrow, it says profile. And then you can see it'll say like your name, your country, your date of birth. I mean, I mean, your uh, your job, all that stuff. And you can put your Ravencoin address there, too. So we're trying to uh, work with what we have uh, to make the process easier. Um, awesome. To make okay. it, yeah. So are uh, you guys interested? Are you guys interested in being a clearinghouse of any kind where people have to send you the NFTs before they go to auction? Yeah, yeah. What we do is uh, we have them send the NFT to us. And then what we do is once the funds are collected, uh, we send it to the artist and then um, and we send the NFT to the winner. So we, we, we collect everything in, in, in the way it works. And also the way Ravencoin Foundation works, it's a nonprofit. Uh, so we work, we're, we're a, um, uh, so from based on uh, certain nonprofit rules, an individual um from what I know, cannot specifically send them the funds um, because it has to come from like a company account. Um, so that's why we, we we collect the funds and then we send it to the Ravencoin Foundation, which is good for also for accounting purposes too. But we can, because I had a user um, who bought something and he said, hey, can I just donate directly to the Ravencoin Foundation? And uh, Tron said, uh, uh, send, it to, send it to the auction house first and then the auction house will distribute it to where it needs to go. Awesome. Whiskers, you do actually have a question pending in the NFT auction question um, subgroup in Ravencoin C3. So I'm going to let you ask that uh, next. But there is one more question I'm going to ask, and this is from someone that is not part of the Ravencoin community and does not um, do blockchain. So this is the question. Is the NFT still valuable if the network is down? Who's the question towards? <clears throat> towards you, Khalid. Would you happen oh, to Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. So is the NFT still good if the network is down? Is that what the question yes, was? Sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, what do you mean by that? Can you kind of uh, elaborate further? Um, uh, actually, it looked like Mike oh. actually answered that. Mike, um, how did you translate oh is a question on the chat board okay i see yes uh, so pretty much the question was if the network goes dark does the asset lose value and specifically for ravencoin that's never happened i would definitely imagine so if if raven just stopped working and assets couldn't be moved i mean in my eyes it would definitely be less valuable yeah, I agree with your stance. Uh, so far, from what I've seen, it hasn't gone down. If it does, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah, it will be less valuable because the network is down. Just like a website, if it's down, it's less valuable. Right. But it just shows you how strong the Ravencoin network is. So that question sort of backfired because here we are. Ravencoin has never gone down. So those that are listening that have not tried out Ravencoin, I highly recommend it, especially if you're not a developer, especially if you're not a coder, because the Raven QT wallet is so easy to use. You download the wallet, you have to burn uh, 500 Raven, and you create your main asset. From there, you can create your sub-assets, your NFTs, anything and everything else that's, that's available there in the QT wallet. It's so easy. It's so easy to do. You create a title, and if you want to attach an image, you can easily do that. And some people have some really amazing pieces of artwork that they've uh, that they've been able to create. All right. So whiskers. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering uh, about how many NFTs are you have, having to go through every week for the auction, and are you giving priority to the Raven-related NFTs? Are there any? Oh no, we don't. Uh, how many NFTs? Uh, we're trying to fit with have the option within one hour. So usually we can fit about 15 NFTs per week. Um, so that's the, that's the number we go for 15 NFTs. Um, sometimes we get submissions like 20, 30. Um, if one user submits us like five NFTs, 
we asked them, can you pick your favorite one, uh, the one you like the best? Um, and then we, we kind of go with that. Um, so uh, depending on how many submissions we get, uh, we, we don't really uh, pick and choose. Uh, we just make sure it's not, you know, it's because the, the auction is designed to be family friendly. So if we get like an NFT submitted to us as gory, violent, nudity and all that, we reject it because uh, we want this to be like uh, a gathering where people uh, can, can uh, you know, for, uh, for because I know uh, I know some families that actually watch it on YouTube and also people that attend, they come with their family, they see it. So we just make sure it's a family friendly material, uh, art, uh, something that goes along those lines and then we, we auction it off. Yeah, that's really cool that it's like an all ages thing where people can come with their family who maybe don't necessarily live close to them. They can all come together digitally in this world and experience something that not many people do. Froy is like, he's really good at his job. I've never in person heard anyone do what Troy does. And like now virtually I have, and it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's great. All right. Um, there was another question, uh, and I forgot it. Ah, oh, man. Jake, Whiskers, CD, Mike, any more questions in regards to the Ravencoin NFT? Actually, that's what it was. I remember. So in regards to uh, creating NFTs, um, some people are very new to the Ravencoin and blockchain and NFTs, but obviously NFTs are the big craze right now. People want to get into it but they don't know how to, how to create their own NFTs. Are you holding any classes uh, to teach people how to create NFTs or do you have anyone? And I have personally um, came through, came to Braveline actually yesterday and seen uh, another person helping out some new people create their own NFTs. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but do you, are you planning on holding any classes or do you know anyone else out there is, is trying to help out people create their own NFTs? Yeah, actually, good question. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, uh, we have a free NFT workshop. Uh, anybody can join. It's at the Brave Land Conference Hall. We had one just an hour ago. Um, it's free. It's recurring. So if you missed the first one, you can come next Monday, uh, where I show people how to make an NFT, how to make an asset, sub-asset. Um, just kind of show them how everything works uh, to get a general idea. Um, that way they can make their own. Or if they don't have uh, in, uh, an, uh, an asset, you know, we have an asset already for them. They can create it on our asset. Um, so we're trying to make it easy for them because, as you know, to create an NFT, you have to first have 500 Ravencoin for the asset. 500 Ravencoin uh, in today's dollar value is about 100 bucks, and then the NFT is a buck, which is which is uh, um, five Ravencoin in today's dollar value. So it's about 100 bucks to make an NFT. So for people experimenting, uh, learning, want to know how it works, we have some assets which we use for test purposes um, just for, to show people how to do it, and they can use that if they wish. We say um, su submit your design, submit your NFT, and we kind of walk them through the steps. So again, every Monday, 4 p.m. Pacific time, Brave Land Conference Hall, um, and then you can, you can attend the class. Yeah, and don't forget to all the viewers and listeners, Ravencoin is a proof of work uh, blockchain, so you can actually mine it. You can use your computer, you can use uh, multiple GPUs. Some people have gigantic rigs that just are dedicated to mining Ravencoin, and they, they create assets out of that. So that's amazing. So you don't, it's not uh, an ICO, it's every single one of these coins have, has been mined from the beginning to now. So, uh, with that said, actually, there's one more thing in regards to NFT auction questions. Khalid, um, if somebody has not received their NFT, uh, who do they contact? Yeah, uh, if you have not received your NFT, uh, we have an email address you can contact us. Uh, if you go to, you should have received a auction uh, email confirmation from us. Just respond to that same email. If you still have not received it, or if you don't have our contact information, I will uh, post it here and you can post it on your site there. Uh, let me actually type it out here. It'll be S-T-I-B-I-T-S at Z-A-Y-T-E-C-H dot com. I will um, post it here. It will also be, it's also posted to my Twitter profile. Uh, uh, it says, you know, if you have any questions or if you need any assistance uh, to uh, send us an email. Actually, let me, that was a typo. Let me type that again. 
Okay, I send it here as well. But yeah, look at my Twitter profile. Go to our website. Uh, we're we're one of the few few um, blockchain apps out there that has actually that has an actual phone number you can call. Uh, so you can call us. Uh, so don't be shy. Call us. Uh, email us. We're always here to help you. Awesome. All right. Anyone else has any any more questions for Khalid in regards to Braveland? Uh, I'm, I always forget how to say, say the wallet name. Stevitz? Stevitz, yeah. Stevitz, yeah. Yeah, so just to give you a story of how the name evolved uh, or came about, uh, me and my co-founder were at the Computer History Museum in um, the Bay Area in Mountain View, California. Anybody here heard about the Computer History Museum? No. Nope. Nope. I was I'm there. Definitely going to go now. Yeah, well, right was... now they're, they're right now they're closed, obviously because of the COVID. Um, but you know, it's a great right. place. You know, has a, I mean, it has a real good history to it. We we were just walking around, um, just admiring all the technology, the, the computers, and then we came across somebody's name called George Stibitz. And then we looked him up. Um, you know, uh, we never really heard of him before. Um, and then we just uh, found out that he was, um, you know, he had a huge role in the in the technology. He, uh, if you look if you if you look him up on the internet, uh, it tells you that uh, George Stibitz, He was born in 1904. He's recognized as one of the fathers of the modern digital computer. So, we, with that being said, we just kind of um, saw that as a really cool. Uh, you know, just uh, his 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 background, uh, and then we called the uh, Paul Stibitz. Uh, and that's how we came up with the name Stibitz app, based on his um, based on his profile. Just like how Tesla came out with, um, just like how Tesla came out with um, uh, Nicholas Tesla. Uh, sorry, uh, what's his first name? Nic Nicholas Tesla. Yeah, Can you Nicholas. yeah, yeah. We, this is how we came up with with this name, uh, Stibitz. Nice. Nice. All right. So with that said, Khalid, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up now. Unless anyone has any more questions, going once, going twice, sold to the highest bidder, Khalid. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being right. on the podcast. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, CD Trader, Jake, and Whiskers. We did have M. M just stepped out just right now. But thank you all for being on the podcast. And for all the listeners, let me go ahead and switch this over. For all the listeners, thank you for being on, uh, listening to the podcast, watching the live stream. With that said, stack, sats, and hodl.